Hi, everybody. Well, we are into season two of our Awesome Women podcast, and today we've got Sally Preston, director at More Australia. Hey, Sally. Hey, how are you going? Good, thank you. Now, Sally, I jumped onto your LinkedIn profile and it talks about how awesome you are. So let's just share a little bit of that with everybody who's listening. So Sally Preston is a tax guru, business advisor, board member, a speaker and trainer, a mentor, a mother and a gym instructor. That would be right. That sounds like a lot more. I feel like I should have more hours in my day. <laughs> you run through that list. You do, you do. So let's start as um, you're a director at More Australia. Let's give everybody a bit of a rundown on what you do there and particularly being a tax guru. Ah, well, um, now I'm rethinking my LinkedIn profile because I feel, feel like I've talked myself up too much. Um, so I am a tax director at, at More Australia and we've got um, seven office locations across Queensland, northern New South Wales, but we're actually part of a national brand. So I've been with that organisation since November 2019 and I've been basically growing a tax practice within that because they previously have not had one. So what does that mean? That means I do tax consulting, writing long papers on how to minimise tax, how to restructure, how to do transactions, tax implications of selling, succession planning, and a whole bunch of things like that. So I very much specialise in that. Mm-hmm. The broader team of business advisory do things like tax returns and financial statements, I tend to steer clear of those and um, and stick with my my wordsmithing yep. and my research. Um, I guess akin a bit to what you would see from coming out of a lawyer. Yeah, in okay. some ways. Nice. Mm. And then keeping everybody up to date with what's happening through your newsletters and you know consulting that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So across, particularly in the last um, twelve months, with the volume of legislative change, so I would be both sending internal correspondence and training the internal team on what everything means, what the ins and outs of different laws are and different concessions and things we've been granted, as well as doing um, a lot of marketing. So a lot of our newsletters, national website content. We did a lot of webinars um, across the um, JobKeeper cashflow boost era. And so that was me talking at a screen and trying to, I guess, answer a lot of people's questions and help them as much as we could um, to get them through, I guess, the last 12 months. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so quite busy. Yeah. Um, and the team is growing, thankfully. But, um, yeah, that's what that's we awesome. do. So now did Sally, did you always want to be, you know, a tax guru or where <laughs> did it all start? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, a country town girl left home chasing a man who got married at 18 to a man 10 years older, first baby at 19, um, started a law degree, realised that as a mother getting through a double degree law and commerce would take forever, mm-hmm. stopped and did a finish my commerce part of the degree instead. So law was probably where I wanted to be. So tax yep. law makes sense. I didn't get through that because I married a man in the army and and we moved around and lived in lots of different locations, including overseas. So I was a graduate at 28 as a mother of three by that stage. So I got a, um, in, and I did my degree off campus, which um, for anyone who's a bit younger, that did not mean jumping onto the internet and logging in. That meant doing everything manually where they sent you books in the mail. And when you wanted to borrow a book from the library, you literally emailed them. They put it in a post pack and sent it to you. 
with a return post pack to do your assignments. So off-campus study was um, was interesting and challenging. But, yeah, so I, I had three kids by the time I graduated and got a job at Ernst & Young in Sydney Tax, and I stumbled across that job almost by accident, not knowing who to apply to, what jobs there would be, and managed to just apply to these couple of firms that came up on, the, on my list and never having heard of them being EY and, and Deloitte and KPMG and the, and the big players in town. And I landed a, a graduate job in tax. And so that's pretty much how I got there um, and was there in Sydney for a few years until we got posted overseas to Canada yeah. for a couple of years. But, yeah, so that was uh, – I was an unusual um, person being a 28-year-old graduate in one of the biggest tax practices in the country with three kids in tow. Mm. Yeah, so tax has always been there, but um, it was a bit of a bit of a deviated course to get to the point. Yeah, 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 nice. Accidental. So, <laughs> well, sometimes they're the best. They're the best avenues. So, give us a bit more about um, your speaking and your training, and you know, what are some of the things that you're doing with your team to keep them all together? Because you mentioned that it's growing. Yeah, so I think my background has been in learning and development. Um, I fell into that when I was at EY, um, in particular into they had a, a software program and I became a national subject matter expert in that software program and did training internally and externally um, for that. So I guess that's where the learning and development and training started. And then in jobs subsequent to that, I, I took on roles of things like um, writing training programs, delivering them, figuring out a, a better way to learn. And that came from me ditching accounting when I came back from Canada and deciding to become a teacher. And so I deviated a little bit after I had my fifth child uh, into doing my graduate diploma of secondary. Unfortunately, I lasted about six months with a brand new baby trying to take him to uni and realised that I have five kids and I can't afford any more study time and went back to accounting and fell into, I think, I think I found more passion for adult learning than high school learning um, because the the degree of complexity in, in the teaching and, and the content. So I sort of fell into that with my career. and I, I guess I've continued a little bit yeah. um, with trying to figure out the best way for people to, for them to learn, not group learning kind of thing if that makes sense not yeah, because we're all learning teaching. different ways right whether we're Correct. at school or at uni or after yep. in the workplace some of us yeah we're all different and I guess you know yep. they talk about that in schooling you know it's not a one way suits all type of situation yeah I um I very much am a visual learner and I, I didn't realize at the time that the reason I was so successful in off-campus study was because I got to read everything, whereas when I was on-campus at lectures, I learned nothing. Listening to people speak is not how I learn. So that very much taught me that a lot of the ways that we try and teach in a professional environment is death by PowerPoint or just speaking at people. And I very much rely on those, those visual cues, such as the PowerPoint or the paper that I get given in advance that I can read for me to to absorb any of the information and, and I think that I try, I've always tried to integrate that when I train people is you get to do something being the kinesthetic type learning um, visual learners like me that want to read it and then the auditory the people that like to hear someone speak yeah so mm. you touched on before that you were doing your teaching degree um, mother of five 
And, yeah. you know, you had that aha moment, I guess, where you were like, hang on a second, we need to, you know, make some adjustments here. What was, you know, I mean, it can't have been easy, but what were some of the things that, you know, made you just, you know, keep pushing through on those days that, you know, you've got kids to feed and schooling and all those things that are happening? I think, um, I think honestly, I, I had fancied myself quite academic at school and then followed a quite unusual pathway, I suppose, for someone who um, was like that in, in getting married at 18, getting engaged at 17, married at 18 and starting a family at 19. Um, and so I feel like I, I think that my drive come, has always come from wanting to catch up, want to make up for what I feel like I'd, I'd lost time which is probably not the right answer. Um, but, yeah, I, and so I, that's always kept me focused on where did I think I would be when I was the 15, 16-year-old at certain stages and then I deviated so badly, or not so badly, but in such a different direction that I, I feel like I've always tried to be readjusting myself back on track. And so I worked a lot of hours in accounting and then when I was studying and going back to accounting again um, with baby number five and working sort of part-time and then stepping into full-time, um, I, I didn't think I'd find the passion back in accounting again. But I, I certainly got there and I still, I still wonder what I'll do when I grow up um, and what that path actually looks like. And then I've realised I'm a certain age now and I probably have supposed to be grown up. But, yeah, so I think my passion comes from, and the other thing is, is being a role model for the kids. Yeah. You know, I've got a daughter and four sons, and my daughter's now 26. Um, the next one's 24. And I think showing them that there's, they don't need to sacrifice or they don't, there's sacrifices at certain points of your life, but it doesn't mean that's dead in the water. It's not so, one thing or the other. Yeah. You, and you just have to choose, sometimes at points in your life you have to choose one thing, but it doesn't mean that the other thing's gone it doesn't mean you can't come back to it and revert and go, well, what am I going to do? And I think that that's sort of what I've always wanted to show is that there's a, a point in time, but it's not the only point in time. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, mm. awesome. So what about your networking, your whether it's your inner circle, whether it's getting out there and, you know, meeting different people, you know, from my point of view, I love it, um, give it all to me. And it's not necessarily... I mean, it's obviously great with the people that you meet, but it's also who they know and how they can help you. So mm. what's your thoughts on, you know, networking and, and having that inner circle as a support network? I will say that a lot of my career, I spent a lot of time, I call it um, mastering my craft. So um, I was the tax nerd in the corner and in the accounting firm, you know, 120% chargeable. So working horrendous hours and punching out, um, big amounts of uh, money for the business owners, I suppose. And I was—I always say I was sort of locked in a cupboard for so long and I've actually left different jobs to develop different skills. And I, I moved to Brisbane only three and a half years ago and that was literally um, my daughter left home to go take a, a graduate job as a paramedic in Victoria. I was living in Canberra at the time. Uh, the next one was already at boarding school up here or living in the Gold Coast. And then I had another one finishing year 12. And before the next two came into high school, I thought, if I don't move now, I'm stuck in Canberra. And I've been there nine years already. So I relocated as a senior person to a, a, a city that I had never actually been to the city until I had come for a job interview. 
So pick Brisbane based on the fact that it's got good weather mm-hmm. and I didn't want to go back to Sydney and I didn't want to be cold in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, so we moved to Brisbane and brought the kids up and I started again and, and I went had to work pretty hard on building something that resembled a network. But the, the firm that I worked for at that time was very good at introducing me around to people they knew in town and I've really fostered that since then and I've really sort of learned the value of those connections and actually not even what and looking at people for not what they can do for you but it's about how can I make them how can I connect to them or how can I help them and feel that um, it's not about winning new work for me it is about connection because I have moved around a lot and I've now finally settled down my roots in one location and um, and it's about saying okay so Amanda you should meet such and such. I think, you know, you'd get along really well or there's some synergies there with what you do or and I'm just the middleman then you get out of the way. But hopefully one day they do something for you and go, here, you meet such and such. And if people know you, like you, and you've built, built that relationship with them and, and I'll call it professional friendship, then they'll, they'll actually look out for opportunities for you or chances to help you out. Yeah. So that's sort of where I'm at now. Yeah, good. That's awesome. Nice. And, you know, having the seven um, offices in Queensland will give you, well, and Northern New South Wales will give you that opportunity too. Yeah. I feel that our business is so diverse. I'm still really trying to network within our own business as well. So not only in the Brisbane and surrounding areas, out in the market and trying to introduce our people to the people I already know in town. It's also, yeah, within our own offices, I feel like I need to spend some more time still. And I'm conscious I probably haven't spent enough time building relationships internally because that's where my work essentially comes from. It's from within our own offices and their client base. Yeah, okay. Awesome. So give us some more information about gym instructor. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. you're the tax guru. You've, you know, self-confessed you're the tax nerd in the corner. If anybody's listening or people are listening, but if anybody's got any questions about tax and that sort of stuff, we can share Sally's details with you all. But what about outside of the office, Sally? You know, there seems to be so much going on and I would assume that tax isn't always a walk in the park and unicorns and rainbows. Um, So, I so what's use myself as the biggest nerd. I always sort of say I'm the biggest nerd in the room at any given time. People go, I can't believe I actually do tax. Yeah. But I think what probably fits more with my profile is the gym instructing I picked up in Canberra. And I think it was a bucket list sort of thing. I saw I instruct in Les Mills <clears throat> programs, Body Pump and RPM. And I felt I really loved Body Pump and I fell into RPM almost by accident um, at the same time. And I trained in both programs at the same time. And it, I was... It was probably about eight years ago now. Um, it was something I wanted to do for myself as a, a bit of a hobby, I think, building an identity outside of children and outside of work. And also Canberra's quite, um, people aren't particularly chatty and friendly in Canberra. So they like the people that they like. And so as an outsider, even though I'd been there for quite some time, I found that people wouldn't just chat to you. Um, and so, but as an instructor, everyone wants to chat to you. So it was sort of made a bit of a social network as well. So I, I still do that up here at a couple of gyms. I've tried to pull back on that because I was teaching before I moved up here seven days a week and up to, up to 11 classes a week on top of the work and the kids and um, that sort of thing. So I've tried to pull back that and um, and do my own thing a bit more, but I still do that three three mornings a week. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
I love it. I, I love the connection. I love seeing people get results and benefits and, and it's there. I, I probably I probably love beginners and, and older or people with that had kids or are just getting back into it more than I love the athletes yeah. because the athletes are probably self-driven. I like people that really benefit from you bringing them along for a bit of a journey. It's that teaching thing again, I suppose. It's that seeing people get the best out of themselves and being so satisfied with what they've achieved. And that's probably why I turn up. <laughs> In fact, that is why I turn up. <laughs> Certainly not for the money. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an early morning start too. Yeah, yeah, I'm up at 4.05 every day. Other than Sunday, I'll sleep in till about 8 (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, (laughs) so the day starts early. Nice. So for for the listeners hearing our podcast today, what are some of the um, tips you would give them? I mean, obviously you've got a, a career. It started early, as did your family. Um, what are some of the tips you'd give someone out there that's looking, you know, maybe they're having their first child, maybe they're thinking about it, they're trying to work out how they can do it all. And you mentioned before about it's not necessarily doing it all, it's about picking your time. Well, what yeah. would you, what advice would you give them? I think the one thing that I still have to tell myself is that stop being so hard on yourself. We have such high expectations of what we think we should be able to do. And the reality is um, just because someone looks like they can do it or doesn't mean they're doing it easily or doing it well or um, are still happy with what they're achieving. So take it easy on yourself. Um, And if you have got goals, and particularly if you are stopping to have kids, and I say to my staff that go, "How how do I get off the treadmill and go and have kids amongst all this? And particularly in this sort of high pressure environment that we work in, I say, well, just accept the fact that you're going to take a back step or take or, or plateau for the next five years, but your career is such a long time, your life's such a long time. I was always in such a hurry to do everything um, and I didn't do anything the easy way. And I, even my daughter, who's about to go into MICA training for paramedics, anyone that's in, in that sort of field understands what that means. She's been asked to to do that. And she said, Mum, that's five more years of study, but what about kids? And I said, Beth, you've got the whole time in the world to do kids. Don't do things the hard way like me. Get your bucket list ticked off um, of, of your career things, all the key things that you want to achieve. And, and kids can happen at 30. You don't have to be a 19-year-old racing in to do that. Um, but, yeah, so I think, I think go easy on yourself. Make the decisions that's right for you. And for your circumstances, I divorced after 20 years and that was probably um, the hardest thing I've ever done because all of a sudden I was on my own two feet and making my own, and I always use the term, put my big girl pants on, put my big girl pants on and write what's right for me, not following somebody else's career. Um, And that was a really big moment or big period for me and moving to Brisbane was a massive period for me to go I am going to relocate the family even though I've been doing it for years that's because someone else has said we're relocating this is my call this is where I want to live kids I know you don't want to leave your school for bad luck cry as much as you want it's not going to change it we need to do this and they love it but it was such a empowering moment to take that decision and and be happy to fall on my sword if I was wrong so I think you've got to take your own path you've got to not look on social media and whatever people put up there is seemingly perfect and easy and 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 all you have to do is think that I don't think anybody has life easy these days um and so yeah so my advice would be stay driven 
keep your goals. You might have to park them for a while to achieve other goals. And that's how you achieve balance. It's not trying to balance it all at once. No, I like it, particularly the parking your goals. Yeah, it's, and whether it's, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, you might, you know, deviate. And like you said, you know, went into teaching or you might have somebody go, hey, you know, have you thought about, you know, and you go and have a look at it. And if you don't like it, that's okay. You can come back to what you've done for the last seven years or mm. five years. It's still going to be there. Mm. I think that's the thing. I sit on two boards at the moment and I took up those as a thing that I want, A, it was time to give back to the community. And so they put two not-for-profits and, um, and B, that's sort of a bit of a, a, I would like to do that later. That's next stage of career. But lately I've been just, just really struggling with the juggle. And I, I watched something on online and I went, and, and the, the answer was, you know, the message that I, I heard was it's okay to fail. It's okay for one of the balls to hit you on the forehead. If nothing's hit you on the forehead, you haven't juggled enough. And you haven't probably had another a good enough crack. And I thought, is it time to let one of them go, even though I haven't been doing it long? I did. I joined them just on top of COVID yeah. as well as starting a new job. Um, and it was it's probably been too much, you know. In reality, it's it's and and whilst the balls are still being juggled, why? What am I what am I, you know? So maybe I need to park that goal for another five years till the kids are out of school yeah. and I have got more time and I'm not fresh into a job and things like that so yeah so I think that you know your own goals you be easy on yourself so that's a message coming from someone who doesn't know how to do it herself um but I think sometimes you know we we all want more you know that well I know I do but mm. you know sometimes you do take on those extra things and you go you know what it's just not right it's just not now and when you doing everything and it's just feeling like you've just got this huge weight on you there's nothing better than just flicking a few things off and I just struggle with that Amanda I think that's the biggest thing I think and just I'm, I've been grappling with it for six months and now I've just been asked to take a more senior position in those roles and I'm going um I was thinking about not doing the role and now you want me to take on a more senior position I'm feeling myself with a yes coming out of my mouth yeah and I go What's the sacrifice? My sanity, um, you know, like relationships with people, downtime. Don't know. But, yeah, so I think that my message is that no one, people that might, and people say to me I make it look so easy and I think that's my biggest flaw. Yeah. I've never once been a person that's moved around a lot and not had long-term um, roots down, being a military spouse for so many years. I feel like I, I need to be more, show more vulnerability because people probably start taking taking a bit too much advantage or thinking that you're fine and not actually asking you anymore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so own goals, knowing when to park things. So if anyone's got any advice for me on how do I disentangle myself from overcommitting to things, that would be great. Yep. You know, yep. still got things to learn on that. <laughs> we probably <laughs> all do. You're right. You go, oh, that seemed like a good idea. How do I get out of that? Yep. Or should I or am I failing? That's the fear. Women can do it all. Can they? Yeah. So when we say no, are we failing? Yeah. That's the message I think it gives to people and that's where the bit of a pickle we end up in, I think. Yeah. And then when we stop, we stop saying yes to ourselves <laughs> and that's where it all falls apart, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I'm happy to. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think we're all nodding our heads as we listen to this podcast in all of that. So, well, Sally, thank you very much for your time. It's been great to have a chat with you. We will share um, your LinkedIn profile and details. If anybody listening has got any questions about tax or accounting or any of those sorts of things, because I know your team is very capable of assisting in anything that they have. And you know what I'm going to get from this, though? More people trying to business coach me about how to get more balance in my life. <laughs> well, you put it out there, Sally, so uh, it'll, it'll come back to you for sure. That's right. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. No worries. It. Thank you.